Blog Talk Radio. It's not my country. My country is me and my family. Your country's also Huerta. And the governor, the landlord, Gunther Ruiz and his locusts. This little revolution we're having here. A revolution? Revolution, please don't try to tell me about revolution. I know all about the revolutions and how they start. The people that read the books, they go to the people that don't read the books. They put people and say, Ho ho, the time has come to have a change. Shit, shush. I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the revolutions. The people who read the books, or the people who can't read the books, the poor people and say, We have to have a change. So the poor people make the change, huh? And then the people who read the books, they all sit around the big polished tables and they talk and talk and talk and eat and eat and eat. Huh? But what has happened to the poor people? They're dead! That's your revolution. So please, don't tell me about revolutions. something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not point fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. A palace in which there is no king or queen or dukes or earls or princes, but subjects all, subjects beholden to each other to make a better place to live. Is that too much to ask? Are we asking too much? Is it beyond our reach? Because if it is, then we are nothing but sheep being herded to the final slaughterhouse. I will not go down that way. I choose to fight back. I choose to rise, not fall. I choose to live, not die. And I know, I know that what's within me is also within you. That's why I ask you now. Join me. Rise up with me. Rise up on the wings of this plane. We are making a stand, and we're waking everybody up that 9-11 was an inside job. And you are the minority. You are the cowards who don't know the truth. You're the people that serve this evil system. You're the people that serve a system that hurts innocent men, women, and children. Not just Iraqis, not just Afghans, not just Africans, but the people right here in this nation. You serve a new world order that attacks and feeds on you. And I'm here to tell you that you will be defeated. Your hours are numbered. 
We've got the energy. We've got the life force. All you've got is evil backing you up. All you've got is greed and not going to look at yourself in the mirror. Because deep down, the New World Order is a pot-bellied, chicken-necked ninny. And all the armor and all the weapons are nothing. You are nothing compared to good. You are nothing compared to life. And you will be defeated. I want the individuals out there, I want free humanity to turn themselves loose, to cut the chains loose, and to use the end of that chain to slap the New World Order right upside the head. You've got the power. You want to know who can defeat the New World Order? It is you. You're the individuals that are going to be able to defeat this system. You're the individuals that are going to be able to take down the New World Order. It doesn't matter if Ron Paul wins. It doesn't matter if they rig the election. What matters is, is that we're starting to stand up. We're starting to move. We're starting to find our legs. We're starting to build our muscle. We're starting to realize that we do have power, and we can work together, and we can take action, and that the naysayers are a pack of weak liars who have never had any successes in their life and who are upset and frustrated to see us beginning to have victories against tyranny. They don't have any respect for themselves. They don't have any vision. And they don't have any will. And they sure don't have any of the power that shines out of God's soul and energizes all life in the universe. They have wed themselves to death. And they will crumble, and they will fall, and for eternity, we wed ourselves to life, and to everything good, and everything that flows from it. All right, everybody, Joseph Gibson, podcasting here from Greensboro, North Carolina, 8 p.m. on the East Coast here. Hope everybody's doing all right uh, tonight. Uh, did a good podcast last night there. Had a guest there, uh, filmmaker there, uh, and... Uh, it's a good, uh, good, uh, good podcast. Go back and check it out. Uh, I interviewed him for about an hour. Uh, good, good show. Uh, tonight I got somebody who came on. I met him through social media. Um, he's got, he's got some information to share. He, he put it out there and, and said, "Hey, you can come on to the podcast and share this information." And I don't know uh, the details of it. I don't know what he's going to really talk about. Um, but uh, I'm going to allow him to come on, introduce himself in whatever way he wants to, anonymously, whatever, uh, and uh, tell us this uh, information that uh, he feels compelled that should get out. And, you know, maybe it'll help him out getting this information out there. and uh, Or maybe it'll wake a lot of people up to what's going on out there in the New World Order and the uh, corrupt government and the, uh, the system that's being built right before our very eyes, this Antichrist system that's demonic, evil, and uh, can control our every every aspect of our lives. You are on a control grid, and they can monitor you, watch you, control you, guide your life, and you don't even know it. And let me tell you something: if they, you can hide in the Amazon jungle, and they can find you. It doesn't matter where you go; they will find you. And so there's no escaping the New World Order, the clutches of the New World Order, and the tyranny that they have. Well, that they are lining up right before our very eyes as we, as Americans, and I can't say the rest of the world because they're protesting it, but we as Americans are complacent, dumbed down, greedy, all individual, self-compartmentalized, 
and all I care about is our paycheck, our little homes, our business. Uh, my, I'm going to do it my way, me, me, me. And meanwhile, what you're doing is you're helping destroy yourself and your neighbors and your children and everybody around you. And the good old boys who are just doing their job, they're just as bad as the rest of you. So without let's see if I got my guest here. Uh, uh press the number one there. If you're on if you're on there, be my guest. Press the number one so I can see the number that light up next to your number, please. If you are on the call board, because you didn't give me a number you were calling in from. So you gotta press the number one. So let's hopefully he's joining us here. I got a bunch of numbers up here. Uh press the number one guest. The gentleman that I asked to come on to the podcast here tonight, if you are there, if you are there, actually. Let me see. I'll try to connect him here. Let's see. Um, hopefully, he does join me. Uh, let's see here. Let me go over to social media and send him a message here. He, he's got to be listening because he was just talking to me on there. Um, it's not that hard to figure out. 657-383-0616. Press to number one, and you will be connected live. And that's how you uh, that's how you uh, connect here. So uh, where the heck is he, man? Let's see here. Uh, where the heck are you, pal? Um, let me see. Where the heck are? Where the heck is he? Uh, let's see here. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Where the heck is this guy? Where the heck is this guy? Where is where is this guy? All right. Well, I don't know. He, he said he was there. He was there. He said he was coming on. So it was there. That was at uh, not that long ago. Let's we'll see. Let me check back the phone boards here. Six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press the number one if you want to come on the podcast here and uh, share your story. I promoted it and uh, shared the link with several different people here. Um, okay, if you're there, please press the number one, and I'll bring you on live. Press the number one. You have to press the number one, whoever you are. There's a person there that I've been sending messages to on social media to come on to the podcast. There he is. Okay. Live radio. What do you expect? Okay. Just so you know, I gave a short intro. I don't know if you're listening or not. So you come on, introduce yourself, and tell your story, please. Whatever information you have to share. You can do it anonymously if you like. Go ahead. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, it's uh, Joe Gormley from New Jersey. I oh. was just listening, and uh, oh, okay. I, I heard that your prime guest wasn't there yet, and I said, oh, gosh, I can Yeah, they do, they do that, they do that to you, huh? You know, it's not that hard to figure out, Joe. You say, you know, who would line up to be a guest on a podcast, Joe, and just not show up, you know? <laughs> it happens, man. It happens. I know. Say, it happens on my podcast, too. Well, every once in a while, you know, what are you going to do? You know, people, I know. Hey, you know, I seen you on the TV show paid, there last you know, night. We're not Fox and CNN giving them nice big dinners, you know, and you know, <laughs> wine and dining them, you know, uh, promoting their book to gazillions of people. You know, it's not. Uh, yeah. It's not hey, like hey, that, right? Listen, what, what, Joe, while I got you on, I seen you on the TV show there last night. There, uh, the Father's Rights there, and uh, well, how did that go? I, I missed about the first ten minutes. Why don't you, why don't you, while I got you here, why don't you talk about that? Promote it a little bit. Well, you know what? It's funny. So the the show was pre-recorded, but it was officially launched last night at eight thirty. It was on a it was on a local um, Roku television station, and uh, it was uh, the the host of the show. Uh, I know personally, he used to he was he was he, he played for the Phillies in the sixties. Uh, he was an really? infielder. Wow. Yeah, and then and then from there he went on to be. Um, 
uh, a host on a UHF channel. You remember what UHF is? You're old enough, right, Jeff? I don't think so. What the remember heck do you remind me? Yeah, you, know, you had VHF and UHF. What are the two types of channels you had on your TV back in the 70s when you are growing up, you know? You, oh, you, God, you, had, I was you remember had the rabbit ears on the that. television? <laughs> I remember I remember late at night the snowy screen coming on. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. after well, that, that I started big, playing in the basement with snow. the dog food, you know. <laughs> you got a lot more snow on UHF than you did on VHF. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So he was a he was a he he ran a, he had a new show back then, and he's been a he's been uh, since then he's a uh, political uh, lobbyist uh, in the, at the state level in New Jersey. So anyway, he he cares about children's uh, family law and stuff. He actually had a uh, many years ago as well, and was pro se and won. Uh, and I think he's the only pro se litigant I've ever met that won in family court. I tell everyone I meet, no matter what you got to do, you know, try and stay married if you can, first of all, because, you know, God didn't make marriage to make you happy all the time. Everyone should say amen that's been married for yeah. any length of time. But, um, you know, if, if you can't stay married, because actually I'm learning, I just learned 80% of all divorces are initiated by women and that's not a sexist statement it's just facts but um and it but it does have a lot to do with sexism in our in our in our society anyway um he he was successful as a pro se litigant he has a big heart for our cause and our cause is really to eliminate the weaponization of children in family courts so what happens for any listeners that aren't aware uh, when you get a divorce you are not going to get divorced because some injustice happened to you and the courts care about your rights, what they care about doing is splitting up your stuff and preventing your children from becoming wards of the state. That is all they care about. And uh, in that process, they've grown this monstrosity of a bureaucracy. And you know what happens in bureaucracies. Once they get a little bit of money, more people show up and they want some of that money. And now it's this evil Evil, corrupt thing that uh, – and I tried to stay away from that word corrupt, but I, I, I've been told that the definition has changed a little bit, so I think it's appropriate. I'm not saying that individual people are taking money. I'm saying that it's such a broken system. The whole thing is uh, – stif- uh, you know, is the popular word systemically. It's systemically broken. Um, so anyway, the uh, – yeah, we wanted to pass this bill – and here we got some good news on Tuesday that I would have talked about last night had it been live. The state, uh, the New Jersey State Senate President, who spent a million dollars on his state Senate campaign, which, you know, since you're running for um, the House down there in North Carolina, I know you know that's a lot of money for a seat like that, right? Yeah. Well, they say they say. Well, they. What do you mean a lot of money? What they make for a salary? No, he spent a million dollars on his campaign to win the state. Oh the no, state no, Senate no! Not seat. for the not for a legislator, not for a legislator. Yeah, the committees, it's the, the committees most, down here. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's the most. It's the highest. Uh, it's the it's the highest amount of money spent on that kind of seat in the nation every year, year after year, for at least the last five years, at least. That's and, for the uh, United Sweeney, States. Literally. No, that, no, Joe, Joe. That's for the United States representatives. That's for the Congress, not for the no. not for the state legislators. State legislators, state Senate. Steve Sweeney. You can Google it. Look it up. Uh, yes. Yeah, well, a million I will. Dollars I, I looked up campaign. Jerry Carter. 
I looked up Jerry Guess Carter what? down here, and Jerry Carter only spent uh, $5,000 on his campaign, and, uh, and that's my district, District 65. So, uh, I mean, he had well, Duke Power behind him. Guess how much the guy him. that beat him spent. Oh, I don't guess know. Guess how much I the guy know. that beat him spent. He didn't beat him. He won. Jerry Carter won. $156. Really? The really? guy that beat the guy that spent a million dollars beat him with $156. He's a truck driver, lives in a um, – Lives in a, a what looks like a two two bedroom bungalow on a slab. Uh, yeah, that's you know, gonna be he's me. Got a phenomenal commercial. Huh? <laughs> that's What's gonna that? be me. Yeah, I that's mean, gonna be me. He's just an average guy. Is my point. Just an average guy. He doesn't have a million dollars to throw away on a on a, on a, on a campaign, but he beat him. He beat him. It's pretty yeah, amazing. How do you do it? So. How do you do it, though? How do you do it? Grassroots, right? Going out, talking to people, saying, hey, are you sick and tired of this corruption? You know, you, you know, vote for me. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows who I am. You know, you go in there, do you Honestly, people say, you know talk, talk to me? I, you know? This is only my suspicion. I only have a suspicion, but I'm, I'm guessing the Democrats just forgot to, uh, to fix his race because they didn't think Steve needed any help with a million dollars against 150. <laughs> wow. We we forgot to stuff that ballot box. Oopsie. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, the Republicans <laughs> did pretty good in Virginia, from what I heard. So you know. Well, they had you know, interestingly, I, one of, one of the TV shows I like to watch is a, a guy named Steve Bass on the Blaze Network. You ever heard of him? That's Glenn Beck's network, the Blaze Network. I know you know Glenn Beck. Anyway, he's uh, he, I was listening to him, and he's saying. That uh, you know the guy in, that won in Virginia, he only won by a couple of points. But uh, you know, it's it's really odd if you dig into the numbers. He had like these huge, massive numbers of minorities and Hispanics, and it's like, well, how did he only win by a couple of points? You know. Uh, so, and and Steve's point was, yeah, they they messed with that race too. Uh, they cheated. The, the Dems cheated in that race as well. It was just. They just didn't cheat. They they just didn't cheat within the margin of error. So they messed they messed up, you know. Um, our guy in New Jersey is leading the the Dems are the Democrats leading the Republican by a thousand votes, which is crazy. So really, really, I'm typing this guy in the message right now. I mean, uh, cartoon pictures here in instant message. So it must be a prank. I said you must be an asshole. That's what I said. And he said who? <laughs> who who? Oh, that's the guy that was supposed to show up tonight? <laughs> yeah, it must be a prank. It must have been a prank. It must have been a prank. It was in one of those group chats. This guy sent me a message. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I, 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 you, you're the guest, dummy. You. <laughs> you know, he sends me a message. I, you know, I sent him morning. I said, "You want to come on the podcast?" He's putting his stuff up there about the uh, military and space program and whatnot, claiming that it, you know, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he wanted to come on. I said, "Yeah, come on my podcast." I said, "I'll program it tonight for eight o'clock." And all the way up until about five minutes to eight o'clock, he's leading me on, and leading me on. And he's nowhere now. Now he's now he's who who what what you know? <laughs> right, right. Well. So, you know, that's how they do it. Anyway, that's uh, Steve, uh, this um, guy that lost the other day, the Senate president that spent a million dollars, Steve Sweeney, He's um, he was the Senate president. And when our governor came into office, the governor came in with a bunch of initiatives, and Steve Sweeney basically told him, Nuh-uh, I'm in charge. I run the agenda. And uh, until COVID, our governor really had no power, and that's the problem with COVID. It's giving people power. That's why they love it so much. Um, 
and uh, our governor is uh, is hot hot on that on that COVID trail. Did you see uh, did you see what so they uh, what Jersey. came out today? Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah, you're in New Jersey. You're in New Jersey. So how, what's the uh, well, I mean what's the what's the, how is the family court up there compared to other states, or how is the court, judicial system up there? Well, the ones I compare I can compare it the best to are either Pennsylvania or New York because uh, a lot of the um, shared parenting events and um, other events we go to, I see those guys a lot, right? Philadelphia is right across the river from me. And, uh, you know, when, when I, last, I remember last time we had a rally up in, in Newark, New Jersey, which is right across from New York City, you know, we had New York guys come in. And it's um, – so I've talked to a bunch of those guys, traveled up to Long Island, and uh, I was supposed to go to Harrisburg, never did. But, um, yeah, I, I think New Jersey is uh, very harsh uh, as far as um, custody goes. Um, you know, uh-huh. like in my case, I I, lo- I haven't seen my daughter since 2015, since uh, May 8, 2015. Oh and, my I mean, lord! It's common. It's common. Guys get their they you know lose access to their kids a lot. The um the, there's really no accountability. You can't get um you can't get the news to report anything about the family court. They won't do it. You know, you get a, if you get a reporter interested, the editor says no. Stay away from that. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're you right. Know, a lot of the, a lot of times the bills we've tried to pass, uh, the opposition is the bar association and um, the domestic violence group. So we're trying to partner with domestic violence people to uh, get them to understand our bill and how it does not uh, incentivize any sort of domestic violence. Um, so. You know, you're familiar with parental alienation, right? Um, and maybe your audience is. Well, yeah, when yeah, of course. Parent... It's happening to me right now. Yeah, it's happening to me right now. So there's, you know, and if you're telling me I'm not going to see my kids for three more years or five more years, you know, uh, that's not going to fly with me. You know, <laughs> I can tell yeah. you that right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and we're not going to discuss, you know, anything else on beyond that. <laughs> yeah, doesn't fly with me either. But, you know, uh, you know it's really, mean, it's some, just ridiculous. nothing you can do. What do you do? Well, there is one thing you can do, but that's all bets are off, you know. But we, like I said, we're not going to go into detail about that. But you know, I mean, what 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 right does one parent have to take the children from the other parent, and then the courts just magically side with that parent? You know, there there has to be there. There's other avenues that have to be addressed because look. You know, we have a broken system, Joe. We have a system that's broken, and, and it, you know, and if we're just going to be ho hum and let it keep walking all over us and stripping us down and stripping our bank accounts, uh, taking away our rights, our individual rights, and and breaking up families and destroying the moral fabric of this country, then then when do you say enough is enough? When does the tree of liberty get watered again? You know, what happens? You know, what what do we do? What do you do when the rule of law breaks down? You know what do you people do? People don't. You know, you just keep going, going. I mean, what? people don't What's want that? liberty. They want safety. They want safety. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, true. the wackadoodles. Like some of my some of my best friends are attacking me on a daily basis because I haven't taken the shot yet. Texting me in the morning. If you get shot yet? Did you schedule your shot. You get the jab. You know, they don't say jab. They say shot. Or they say vaccine, but it's they're not really a vaccine. You. They're attacking you because you haven't gotten the vaccina- vaccination. Don't get right. it, Joe. Don't get it. Oh, I won't. 
Well, there's no point now. I mean, if you go get it now, you just got to go get three more boosters. You know, yeah. I saw a really uh, a really good uh, statement today. It said, you know, it was originally two weeks to um, to slow down the curve or to flatten the curve, right? But now it's three yeah. jabs to keep your job. And they came out with an announcement today, two days after they got their butts whooped in Virginia, and they almost lost New Jersey, and they still might. Um, you know, the leftists come out saying, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're, you got to be vaccinated by January third, or or fines are going to be imposed." So, uh, what yeah. do you do? And that's what they're doing up there. They're doing up there, and uh, uh. New York there, the sanitation workers uh, went on strike, and they walked in, picketed in the police departments, too, up there. And they're saying next step, if they keep going with it, they're going to shut – all police departments are not going to go to work. Saying, you know, the, and, and fire departments and sanitation workers. Imagine sanitation has got to be the worst one that will cause chaos in New York City. New York City, no sanitation, cause mm-hmm. no trash pickup. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, that's big business up there, a trash pickup now. Just imagine, you know, there's no backyard where you can put your trash, you know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's got to go on the road. So, yeah, that, that'll be total chaos. Well, OSHA, OSHA came out with a new statement today. The vaccine mandates for companies with 100-plus employees is scheduled to begin on January 4th. Really? Yeah. Um, wow. I just pulled it up on – this is according to CBS, so it's not uh, – yeah, I'm not getting my info off of uh, some channel that none of the libs have heard so of. So what, what do you mean um, by mandate now? What do you mean by mandate? What do you mean by that? Well, according to this article, uh, by and which comes from the Associated Press, it says the Occupational Safety and Health Administration says companies that fail to comply could face penalties of nearly $14,000 per violation. It says tens of millions of Americans who work – at companies with 100 or more employees will need to be vaccinated against against COVID-19 by January 4th or get tested for the virus weekly. The new government rules were issued Thursday. So okay. what they do, these companies that have 100 more employees, what they do is they, they, they break up their companies then uh, to, to 99 employees to each, each division. Eat, you know, they just uh, label them, uh, let's see, your food and beverage now, your uh, trash pickup. You know, they label, we have t- uh, 98 people in trash pickup, uh, so they don't have 100 more employees. None of them do. Yeah. You what, what we saying? need to do, Joe, is we need to go and say, listen, OSHA has no constitutional authority. So if it's coming <laughs> well, from there the you state, go. we'll yeah. deal with the state. I mean, that's where we got to go. So here's what happens, you know. You and me are fighting the constitutional violations from the last two decades, but there's been – what about those constitutional violations from four decades ago or the constitutional violations from six decades ago or the constitutional violations of eight decades ago? You know, we have Well, you want to talk memories, about that real right? quick, Joe? You want to talk about sure. that real quick? Let me read you something here. Let me read you something here real quick, okay? Legally, yep. since your birth, birth your, uh, you know uh, – You've been considered a slave and indentured servant to the various uh, federal, provincial, pro, provincial, provi- I can't pronounce that word, and municipal governments via your state-issued, state-created birth certificate in the name of your all-caps person. Your birth certificate was issued so that the issuer could claim exclusive title to the legal person created. This was further compounded when you voluntarily obtained a driver's license and a social security number. It says uh, – 
the state even owns your personal and private life through your state-issued marriage license certificate. Okay? It says issued in the all-caps names. You have no rights in birth, marriage, nor will you have them even in a, a death unless uh, you recapture your uh, your name and uh, uh, you know and uh, through a UCC financial statement. But it says the way one is not going to get into that. The names on the tombstones in the uh, cemeteries are all in, in all large caps. Correct. The state holds the title to your legal person it created via your birth certificate until. Until uh, Jane Mary Doe, the rightful owner, the holder in due course of the instrument that is yourself, reclaims, redeems it. Now, this is the facts behind it. On April 5, 1933, then-President Franklin uh, Delano, uh, Roosevelt, under executive order, issued April 5, 1933, declared all persons are required to deliver on or before May 1, 1933, all gold coin, gold bullion, gold certificates now owned by, uh, now owned by them to the Federal Reserve Bank. Uh, branch or agency, or to any other member bank of the Federal Reserve System. James A. Farley, Postmaster General at that time, required each postmaster in the country to post a copy of the executive order in a, and, and conspicu- in a conspicuous place within each branch of the post office. On the bottom of the posting was the following, criminal penalties for violation of executive order, $10,000 fine, 10 years imprisonment, or both, as provided in Section 9 of the order. Section 9 of the order reads as follows. Whoever willfully violates any provision of the executive order or of these regulations or of any rule, regulation, or license issued thereunder may be fined not more than $10,000. Or if, or if a natural person may be imprisoned for not more than 10 years or both, and any officer, director, or agency uh, or of any corporation who knowingly participates in any such violation may be punished by a like fine, imprisonment, or both. Note. Stated within a written document received September 17, 1997, from the U.S. Department of Justice, Office of Legal Counsel, Office of the Deputy Assistant Attorney General, Richard Schiffen, in response to a FOIA, which is a Freedom of Information Act, for those of you who don't know, was the following. A fact that is frequently overlooked is that executive order and proclamations of the president normally Okay. Normally, have no direct, uh, no no direct effect upon private persons or their property, and instead, normally constitute only directives uh, or uh, instructions to officers or employees of the federal government. The the exception in those cases in which the president, um, uh, with the legal rights or obligations of members of the public, excuse me, uh, um, uh, see here, no. It seems rather obvious that President Roosevelt was not expressly authorized or required to issue an executive order demanding the public to uh, relinquish their privately owned held gold. The order uh, proclamation issued by Roosevelt was undisciplined act of treason. Okay, so that's okay. So we got that. All right. So two months later, June fifth, uh, nineteen thirty-three, the Senate House of Representatives, seventy-third Congress, uh, first session, at four thirty p.m. approved. House Joint Resolution HJR 192, Joint Resolution to suspend the gold standard and abrogate the gold clause joint resolution to ensure uniform value to the coins and currencies of the United States. Now, this is where it gets to us now. H.R. 192 states, in part, that every provision contained in or made with respect to any obligation which purports give the, uh, 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 a right to require payment in gold or in particular kind of coin or currency or any amount of money of the United States measured thereby is declared to be against public policy 
and no such provision shall be contained made with respect to any obligation hereafter incurred. Every obligation hereto or hereafter incurred, whether or not any provisions is contained therein or made with respect thereto, shall be discharged upon payment, dollar for dollar, in any such coin or currency, which at that time of payment is legal tender for public and private debts. What's it say on your Federal Reserve notes? For all debt, uh, public and private, right? Look at a dollar bill, look at a $20 bill, look at a $5 bill. It says it on there, for all debts, public and private. That's how you discharge your debts, Okay. But it says, H.R. 192 goes on to state, as used in this resolution, the term obligation means an obligation including every obligation of and to the United States, accepting currency, payable in money of the United States in term, coin, or meaning, meaning currency. Okay, circulating Federal Reserve notes, National Banking Associations. Okay, H.R. 192 superseded public law. What passes, a, what passes as law today is only color of law. Replacing it with public policy. You always hear that, Joe, right? Public policy. It's our policy, policy, policy. This eliminated our ability to pay our debts, allowing only for their discharge. When we use any commercial paper, checks, drafts, warrants, Federal Reserve notes, whatever, accept it as money. We simply pass the unpaid debt attached to public liability for its collection. In other words, all debt is now public. The United States government, in order to provide necessary goods and services, now you say, how are they going to pay for this? Created a commercial bond, a promissory note, by pledging the property, labor, life, and body of its citizens as payment for the debt, bankruptcy. The commercial bond made Chattel property out of every man, woman, and child in the United States. Uh, uh, we became nothing more than human resources. You heard of that department, right? Human resources and collateral for the debt. This was without our knowledge and our consent. How? It was done through the filing registration of your birth certificate. You are the bond. That's what you hear them trading with and uh, buying and trading and the securities that they sell and they pay, the country pays its debts with. They pay it with the full faith and credit of you, the taxpayer, who pays taxes like a good slave, 35% of your paycheck, or sometimes more, from what you make when you're out there working. And they estimate how much you're going to make throughout your lifetime. It's about $1.2 million for the average guy out there, you know, lower, under middle class. <clears throat> um, the United States uh, government, actually the elected and appointed administration of the government, took a still, uh, still due to this day certified copies of all our birth certificates. Remember, you don't have an original birth certificate. You never have your original. You don't have it. You get a certified copy. And they placed in the United States Department of Commerce in the registered securities – these securities, each of which carries an estimated $1 million, $1 million in value, have been uh, uh, and still are circulated around the world as collateral for loans, entries on the asset side of ledgers, etc., just like any other security. There's just one problem. We didn't authorize it. The United States is, uh, is a District of Columbia corporation in Volume 20, Corpus Juris Section 75, we find the United States government is a foreign corporation with respect to a state. Uh, um, and you go to the, uh, uh, Merriam 36NE 505-1441-S 1973. 
function in the real world. It needs a conduit, a transmitting uh, utility, a liaison of some sort uh, to connect the fictional person and fictional world in which it exists to the real world. Okay, so basically that's, Joe, right there, your money monopoly system. And that's why we have a debt right now of $30 trillion, and everybody's like, the debt, the debt, what's going on? How come the government don't collapse? Because the federal government still promises its military around the world, and you and your life, you, the American citizen, the dumb slave who's out there working thinking you have rights in the United States Corporation. You don't. You don't have any rights at all. That's why your representatives don't talk to you anymore. They don't care about you. You can't get justice. You walk into a courtroom, they don't care. It's all about money. You're, they create a docket number when you walk in there. What's a docket number? What is this docket number, this QSIC number that they create? It's a, it's a ledger. It goes into an accounting. The clerk, Look at the clerk rules for your local court. She's an accountant. It says it right in there. She's an accountant. She does accounting, books. It's all about books, and, number, and, and, that's how they, and that's what it's all about. It's all about money. It's fake, and you have no rights as a citizen. You really don't, and that's why I promote the Republic of the United States.org, the real de jure government, and to restore the, our lawful government, which is common, under common law, and then nominate Joe what? Your family courts, your administrative courts, your de facto courts that are unconstitutional, that don't have juries. You see, that explains that pretty well for Correct. you. Correct. No jury. <laughs> if you don't, uh, yes, you got to have a jury. If there's no jury, uh, and it's uh, and the value is one hundred and twenty dollars, uh, the the thing in dispute that is, but um, no one recognizes that. No one recognizes. Yeah. That. You have people. You you know our entire media, right? And this is why we spend time. This is why you have a podcast and I have a podcast because the entire media is. They're worthless. They're worthless. They're yeah. just lie to us constantly. They, they're not going to sit here and, and quote the Constitution or quote, uh, you know, um, John what Marshall. What I just read. <laughs> uh, or, or, well, you know what? So I, I'll tell you my opinion on what you just read, right? So that's from 19 what? 1930s? Something like that? Well, well, it's not from 1930. That's when it all started in 1930. It goes right up to Correct. present day, you know? Yeah, but so so – uh, corruption in this in in this system really started in 1833 when uh, a guy by the name of Joseph Story, who was a, a Supreme Court justice, decided to write a new a new set of law books for the lawyers that were in school, and the bar association happens to control uh, the certification uh, of all 90 uh, the accreditation of the actual correct term to use the accreditation of these lawsuits. Yes. When has you to hire a bar association. Yeah. Yeah, when you hire a lawyer you and, don't have a right to speak anymore in court. Well and that and that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. People don't realize that. I didn't realize that. You can't say you can't say a darn thing. Especially you know what? So one of the reasons that we had a problem uh, uh, getting our the, the bill passed that I was talking about earlier in the state of New Jersey, uh, the shared parenting bill was because the bar association uh, would report back to the to the Senate, hey, you know, listen, it's it's only a couple of percentages of people that actually go to trial. Yeah, well, guess what? It's nine, yeah, ninety five plus percent of people that are getting divorced that are in a high contentious contentious divorce, they never make it to a trial because the the lawyers make them broke before they ever get there, so they yeah. don't get to put up a witness. 
They don't get to contradict any false allegations. And even if they do get to a trial and there are false allegations, or even if there's perjury, the family court does not care about such things because the, court, the family court is a court of equity. It's not designed to care about justice. That's why they created it exactly. outside exactly. of the criminal and civil court. So, well, but I had a ruling quote, today. Though. Yeah, I had a ruling today a actually quote, on buddy. the uh, the uh, NC Supreme Court uh, uh, case. They did not grant me certiorari. I'm waiting for the opinion to come back. Um, so, you know, they I guess they don't understand statutory constr- they don't understand language. They, what shall not mean? What does shall not mean to you, Joe? If you have a sentence and you say you shall not take a drink of that cup of water, you shall not do this tomorrow, you shall not make anything greater than one year, what's that mean, Joe? What's that mean? You shall not do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, not like, according uh, to the North Carolina Supreme Court. <laughs> you mean like shall not be infringed in the second amendment? No, no. Look, in the statute that, that I was challenging, in the statute I was challenging, let me pay attention now because I think we went over this a couple times. Uh, the statute I was challenging, it says that a protective order shall not be affixed for greater than a period of one year. Shall not yeah. be affixed for greater than a period of one year. It shall yeah. not last longer than one year. So that says it. Now, the only way it can go longer than one year is if the plaintiff motions the court to renew it before it expires. Then it could be extended. Okay, but you see, isn't that very easy to figure out, Joe? They can't figure it not, out down here. Not if you go to County. law school. <laughs> apparently, if you go to law school, you develop some sort of uh, logic, logical fallacy disease. Yeah, and, and and you see, but they know what they know. They know I'm right. I'm the only one. Actually, I've studied every single case I possibly can. There's only one case. In North Carolina, that anybody can find, I found it actually, Rudder versus Rudder, and that's the only case that addressed it in the appeals court, and that addressed the one-year term of a protective order. They've been screwing everybody over all these years, making the protective order. Imagine how many guys and girls have violated these protective orders because they've because they've gone longer than one year, right? That's a lot of money. That's a lot of people in jail. That's a lot of court costs. That's a lot of court fines. All that, Joe, would be reversed if I would win in the Supreme Court. All that would be reversed. Everybody would have to go back and look at every single case, or people would come forward and say, hey, my protective order was long. Gibson case, Gibson versus State. Uh, yeah, my, you know, and they quote my case, and they'd have to go back and make them whole again. You think the state of North Carolina is going to do that? Hell no. Hell no. And that's why we have a broken system. It's broken. It can never be fixed. And I think somebody told me stay out of their way and just stay out of their way. That's all we can do because nobody's going to rise up and do anything. And if you try to challenge them, you're going to end up like me, your head stomped into the floor, chained to, the floor, you know, chained to a steel grate, and, and they'll kill you if, you if you make too much noise. It's a fact. Look, I have another case in front of a federal magistrate. I found out today that – he sent me back his recommendation. I didn't ask for a recommendation. I asked. I filed a 19, USC 1983 for violation of my civil rights. But I guess mm. we Americans don't have access to the courts anymore. We're not allowed to file com, uh, uh, civil rights actions anymore. You know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is the problem. 
So if we can't well, have, any, if we can't redress, if we can't bring our First Amendment rights to the to and address, and, and gre- our grievances to the government or to the courts, then where are we, Joe? We're in Soviet Union. We're in, we're in Russia right now. Communist, they could take, they could do whatever they want. They, you know, they'll throw a bone once in a while. You see a guy on Fox News. He was awarded five million dollars for violating his rights, and everybody's like, yeah. You know, but but meanwhile, the other two million people have been screwed, and, you know, and took it up the ass. You know what I mean? Excuse my language. You know, but that, but Listen, I'm just you know these, mad right now. If these you know? atheists won't bend their if these atheists won't bend their knee to the Constitution, they're sure as heck not going to bend their knee to God. They have no morality and they have no no problem lying to your face and saying, yeah, well. Uh, they might they might say that it can't go more than a year, but that's not what they really meant, and they sure as heck wouldn't have thought that in today's modern times. That was written. Oh my gosh, when was that written? In the seventies? Oh, it's so old. You know, it's it's. Well, they got to be more well, actually, These are living documents. You know. Well, Joe, that's the thing is, it's codified laws and statutes, and it was addressed actually two years ago. They're amended every year, usually these statutes, or they're addressed with the general okay. legislator and general assembly. However. That's why you have statutory construction, wording, interpretation laws on the books too. And I and I right. and I research that way. What does shall not mean? What does man mean? What does living mean? See, they have a complete dictionary for the statutory meaning of what a statute and how it's applied, how it should be interpreted. The judges uh-huh. have their own bench book on how they're supposed to rule on this stuff. I brought all this stuff. I researched it yeah. every single night for the last Five months, man, all night long till five o'clock in the morning. Sometimes, researching every single case, every single stat, and you know what? I there was no way I could lose except for them saying, "Go to hell, buddy. You don't get no rights." And that's what they did. That's pretty much how it goes, bro. I know. Yeah. You know, that's and that's goes. what they did. Yeah. No, only yeah. I have I have two more avenues left. Two more. I go to the appellate court of the uh, of the uh, federal courts, and then I take it up to the United States Supreme Court. But meanwhile, I don't get to see my kids. Meanwhile, I'm getting arrested for protective order violations. Meanwhile, I'm I got jail time hanging over my head, and and and, that, and that's not for another five years if I get to the Supreme Court. You know, so if I get to the Supreme Court, then I can sue everybody. And then another five years. By that time, I'm 80 years old. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know. And, wow. and I and, and I figured all that out, Joe, because I learned from years ago that you're suing them. So what I did was we filed an injunction for immediate injunctive relief, and still they just ignore their own rules. Rule 65, you're supposed to go immediately before a magistrate and do a show cause hearing, and if he finds that, yeah, you're in danger or this is happening or this, they're uh, suppressing your rights, they're supposed to immediately give you an order and and then that stops it. That stops it until there's a trial. But you see, they they what? I, for the, I filed this case October 5th, okay? And I'm like, what's going on with the case? Why aren't the defendants served yet? Oh, what's going on here? What's going on with the hearing? What's going on? Did the judge rule on the injunction? He's reviewing it. He's reviewing it. He's reviewing it. He's reviewing it. Now, to, you know, what's there to review? What is there to review? Do you want to review my head that had an egg on the side of it? You want to see my medical reports? I didn't go to jail with a concussion. I came out with one. You know, so so what, you know, what what's going on here? You know, and besides, it's not up for a judge to review anyway. I asked for a jury trial, right? Right. <laughs> so 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 
So this is what you got. This is what you got. So now what do you do? What's the answer, patriot community? What's the answer? We going to go vote next election? <laughs> that's not going to work. <laughs> you yeah, know? No, we know that's not going to work. Yep. So Horrible. what's the answer? Horrible. Nobody yeah. has it. Nobody has that answer. You know? Well, and that's the thing. If, if, if you get in, if you get in, you, you, you cite Marbury versus Madison and you know, if, if the if the law is repugnant to the con, uh, Constitution, it is automatically void. Automatically, that was eighteen. You're right, Joe. We, yeah, we were still. You're absolutely right, Marbury we and Miranda, still, Arizona versus Miranda. Uh, but listen to this: the thing of it is, we need more people out there who understand everything I just said, and they need to be enforcing their individual liberty and rights. And coming to the yeah. aid of those that are in trouble and helping each other out. But you don't have that. You don't have that. It's me, me, me. I'm too busy. I'm broke. Uh, but, but, but they got a cell phone. You know, they, got, they can play the games. They can go on the beach trips. They can go on vacations. They can take flights here and there. They can go overseas. But they don't have money to fight for their rights. They don't have time. You can't get ten people to meet at Burger King for a cup of coffee. So really, it's hopeless, isn't it? It really is. I mean, I, that's well, how I see it. All things, all things in Christ, my brother. So, uh, you know, God is sovereign over all these things that are happening. He's never the author of evil, but he does allow pain and suffering to happen for lots of reasons. One of the things he does is he wants to build us up, you know, make us stronger. A little bit of pain will make you strong. It'll get you motivated. It helps you to get out of the fog of trivia, as you just mentioned, you know. Kids uh, and young adults and, and middle-aged adults sitting around playing video games all day long, can't get off their cell phone to, to focus on doing, uh, doing justice and, and love and mercy, you know? This is what we got to do. Yeah, well, why, then why 100 years ago when the kids and the farmers of America were living righteous lives had to live through pain? And suffering. Why did why did they have to suffer? You know, and I talked to pastors no, about right. that, and they say, well, the right. original sin, the original sin. You know, you got to read, you got to read, uh, you got to read uh, Romans. No one is righteous, not even one. None of us are righteous. We all we're we're all wicked and evil, and we and and our, our as we're blessed, our pride and hubris just just uh, inflates, and uh, you know we 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 end up sinning again. And, and we show and we show yeah. ourselves uh, our true nature, and we're and God reveals that in the law, and then he, by by mercy and grace, He sends His Son to 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 take the punishment that we deserve. And so it's a it 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 comes and goes, it ebbs and flows, it's 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 constant. We never learn. We never learn. Well, Joe, um, the problem is, see, I'm getting text messages right now. I'm getting messages on social media because they're listening to us talk, and mm-hmm. you you said that. You said God allows this to happen to build this up, but you just said that Jesus can take our punishment for us. So why should we still have to suffer? That was one of the questions. That's a good question, actually. It is a good question. Um, so, so Jesus doesn't. Jesus doesn't. Um, there will be no more suffering. Jesus never promises uh, to take away suffering here on earth. He promises that there, there will be a day when he comes back to judge, um, to judge us. And, and basically, everyone is under judgment. Everyone fails against the judgment. 
right? We all fail because we all have sinned. Even even Mother Teresa or the most perfect person you think is the most perfect person has failed because the standard is perfection. The standard is God. So we are all we are all imperfect and we have all failed. And God's in to be in God's presence, you need to be clean. Uh, he does not. He, he, you just can't be in his presence. So what Jesus does is he comes and takes the punishment we deserve for our sins, past, present, and future. However, that is what we call justification. So you're fully justified in front of the eyes of God for what Jesus did, which Jesus is God. So God comes to earth. He takes our punishment, does the thing we can't do to reconcile because he is a reconciling God. He's a forgiving God, which is wonderful. Now, during our lives, though, uh, we go through a process of sanctification. After we, after we accept the great gift that Jesus gives us, we go through suffering. We go through trials. We, do, we live a life here to honor our creator and thank him for how he saved us on the cross. Um, that, that process is bumpy. And um, God, God, but God is. So what God you're saying, is, the people that suffer and endure, you're saying the people that suffer and endure, they're going to get rewards in heaven. So the people that suffer the most here on earth that accept Jesus Christ, the gift, when they get to heaven, they're going to get more rewards. They're, you know, you endured for me. That's what he's going to say, right? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, there, there's definitely rewards t- spoken to about in the Bible, but I hate to bring up those rewards because, um, you know, it's it, it, you, you don't want to overstate that. You don't want to overemphasize that because people, a lot of people out there will become Christians just for the reward, and there is no reward if you're in it just for the reward. You need to be in it because of gratitude and humbleness. You have to humble your heart and thank God for the gifts that he gives you uh, in life and uh, in death, in his death and resurrection. So, yeah, I mean, there definitely there's rewards. But you know what? Listen, uh, you, you, you want to get away from what you deserve. Right, and and I'd be glad to be the last guy to make it into heaven because it's I'm made on I'm, it's all made on on Jesus' blood. It's nothing that I can do, so I don't I don't make it in God's presence because of thing I do. There may be rewards for people who are already saved, uh, but that has nothing to do with you know how you're justified. You can't impress your God, you know. Like any any good thing we do, it's because we use the gift that He gave us. Right, He gave us. He gives us the gift. He gives you the gift of gab, Joe. You're able to get on the show and talk to people and encourage people and, and, and help them that way. You know, you're using a gift from God. But that's nothing you did. You didn't create that yourself. You may have developed it, right, and, and, uh, as, uh, in, in, uh, and in other gifts that, that God gave you. But um, those are all gifts too, dude. I mean, our, our blessings in this country that we're talking about trying to keep, I mean, those are blessings that we didn't deserve. We didn't, we didn't earn them. Someone else did, and someone else was blessed by God and listened to the calling of God. And today that's kind of what we do. We live on, on past blessings. Well, that is they have the founding founding fathers and whatnot that, you know, we, you know, they did obviously, yeah, they, they, they sacrificed everything they had to give us the freedoms that today we have and that we squander away, you know, and and some of us recognize that and we become angry at that and upset and uh, say, you know, that's why we stand up and fight. But then, you know, uh, I guess the bottom line is that you should be standing up and like the pastors, I, I blame the church. 
Where are these churches? Why aren't they rising up? You know, where are these pastors at? You know, they're all phony balonies, most of them today. You know, they talk the talk, but in the end, they're never there in the end. They're never there to, to, to you know, they, they, they are always, you know, with the, like you said, the gift of gab to start something or, or preach it and back it up with only words. But they're never there on the front line sacrificing. I always notice that. They're never there giving up. You know, they, or, or they'll start something and they never win anything. They, you know, they always lose because they never follow through with anything. You know, I, and, and, and these churches out there today are just phony balonies. You know, they don't stand, they, you know, they hand out food on Tuesday, or like I like to say, I always say this, and some people get offended by it, but I say go to church on Sunday, screw them on Monday, you know, and that's what they do, you know, and, 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 and that's, that's wrong, because you just said it yourself, you know, there's people out there that are blessed, you know, the, I mean, the ones before us were blessed, and they, you know, that was a gift from God, and they used it. Today, we're not using those gifts, are we? Well, you know, I... I... I'm not going to throw the entire every church under the bus. I, I would throw. I would say that it's it's really difficult that uh, we can't come together as um, uh, moral, as, as people who have morals because of uh, Christ and uh, uh, you know and Ju- the history of Judeo Christianity, um, and and come together and put down some of the attacks uh, from the this new morality that's trying to be pushed out there. There's a, there's a new spirit of the age out there that's trying to say that, uh, you know, what was moral is no longer moral, but we, we need to speak uh, in regards to objective truth. And honestly, you got, I got to give some, give some, uh, some grace to, to pastors out there. They're dealing with a biblically illiterate generation and, you know, um, the, the job, according to, I think it's First Timothy. According to First Timothy, I mean, it's not really the job of the pastor to go out there and uh, run for for government. We're supposed to have a separation between government, church, and family. And the problem is the government is trying to eat up all the roles of the church and eat up all the roles of the family, and they're doing it. You know. Um, so anyway, I do have a hard stop at nine. What time is your show, Joe? Over, Joe. What, what do you got? What do you got? Oh, uh, well, yeah, you got to get off of here. That's fine. I understand. Uh, uh, you've been on here for about an hour, so that's good. I appreciate it. Um, uh, uh, what do you got to do at nine? What do you got to do? You got to do your show. Well, I've got somebody. I I have a conference call with somebody who wants to promote. Oh, okay, show. okay. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brother, I didn't have you scheduled a... on tonight anyway, but thanks for bailing me out, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna pray for you real quick, my brother. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for Joe Gibson. Thank you for his desire to love his his neighbor and. Uh, Pray he does well in his upcoming um, election, and Lord, I just pray that more people would uh, would follow his lead and get out there and serve and love their neighbor. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thanks, Joe. I'm gonna go. All right, Amen. Thanks, Joe. Hey, good luck with your conference there. Thanks for joining me tonight. Appreciate it. God bless you. God bless the Republic. All right, everybody. There we go. Hey, he came in and bailed me out there. That's not bad. There was a time when, boy, oh boy, you know. <clears throat> When I when you had controversy on this show, let me tell you, you know when you well, I remember years ago we had this show and you had the Mandelicons on here, remember, and you had the tones and you had the trolls calling and boy these call boards were lit up, but 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 now that we don't do the controversy anymore and we don't allow that stuff in, you hear crickets. Nobody nobody has anything to contribute anymore, so that shows you what the world is really all about. 
You know, when it comes to controversy, arguing, vendettas, uh, 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 screwing your neighbor over, or doing this or whatever, then, hey, they're there for that. They'll show up on time. But, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, talking positive and trying to do the right thing, you know, and, and a lot of people don't understand that, that all of us are guilty, like you just said. You know, all of us are, none of us are perfect. You know, none of us. There's not one person out there that's perfect. You know, so, but but the bottom line is this. We're all going to die one day, and uh, you're going to have to face it one way or the other. You know, whether I'm right or wrong, you're going to face something. So if I'm right, you're going to either go to heaven or hell. If I'm wrong, hey, you don't lose nothing, but you're still going to face death. So, and when you die, you're not going to know where you go. So <laughs> if that's the case, if I'm wrong. So I would rather choose the first option and try to believe and do the right thing the best you can and not pay attention to those heretics out there. And when they try to w- w- beat you down and, and like they did me um, and, and kick your head into the ground and, uh, and uh, try to torture you or try to make you do the wrong thing and tell you, you know, uh, uh, and try to break you. You know, you know you're doing the right thing regardless, even if you end up homeless and holding up a cardboard sign on the street corner. Hey, you know, that, that's at least you know you did the right thing. I'd rather not be looking over my shoulder for the rest of my life and uh, saying, well, I should have did this and I should have done that. You know, I'd rather say, hey, I did the right thing. So, you know, um, I think in the end everything will work out uh, when you do the right thing. Sometimes some people probably have to wait till they're 80 years old. Some people got to get it now. Some people will get it in 10 years. Some people will have it in a couple of years. Maybe you'll get it that way in heaven. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, all right. Well, anybody here uh, want to jump in here and comment? Uh, you're more than welcome to. 657-383-0616. And you got to press the number one if you want to comment. Uh, press number one, please. Uh, it was, uh, that was Joe there earlier. But uh, I did have a guest that was scheduled to come on. Uh, first, um, and uh, he didn't show up, so I'm uh, a little upset about that, but uh, that's fine. You know, I just don't like getting, telling people to call into the podcast or listen in and, and for a particular subject or reason, and then the, the person doesn't show up. But you're not making me look bad, trust me, because the people are still going to come back. They still support me, so it doesn't make a difference. So if that was a prank or whatever, that's fine. But uh, anyway, all right, anybody uh, want to join in here tonight? Uh, Six five seven three eight three zero six one six six. Now I'm gonna cover a, new, a couple of news stories and then we'll wrap up the podcast. Uh, unless somebody has something they want to share, um, we'll see what do we got here. Uh, somebody sent me a message here. Let's see what they say. Uh, okay. Uh, Federalist number twenty eight. The same subject. Continued the idea of restraining the legal legislative authority. Oh, okay, that's what you're talking about. Okay, I see what you're trying. I'll read that. Yeah. The citizens must rush to to arms without concert. Yeah, well, founding fathers, yeah. But uh, the founding fathers were very blessed. They knew how to handle every situation uh, that that arose. Uh, I mean, the Constitution is a great document. The Bill of Rights, Federalist Papers. And how many of you read that stuff, man? I mean, these guys were prepared. They foresaw what was going to happen in the future, technically. Um, let me get to uh, some news here. Um, and uh, then we'll, uh, if anybody's got something they want to share, then you're more than welcome to call in and press the number one six five seven three three zero six one six. But uh, that's how the platform of the show goes now. Anyway, you usually have guests, so um, and uh, then we talk about things after that. But anyway, election worker allows a non-citizen to fill out ballot in tight New Jersey race. Let's see here. Revealed UN plan to vaccinate children without parental consent. Let's cover that one there. Um, 
the globalist white paper is published by the UN's World Health Organization in 2014 detail a sneaky approach by bypassing parental consent when it comes to vaccinating children ages 6 to 17. Um, we covered – actually, we read a little bit of that. Uh, we played something about that last night where San Francisco is starting the mandate for children to be vaccinated. Other children will show up at school. You'll drop them off. You're not allowed to go in there with them, and they're going to vaccinate them. Near the end, you know, so at the end of that eight-page document, the WHO flat out tells healthcare workers to allow children ages 6 to 17 to decide whether or not they want to be vaccinated, regardless of parental consent. Where parental consent is required, healthcare health workers should allow older children and adolescents to provide uh, assent to the vaccination in states. Um, like I said, I would stay away from that vaccination. I wouldn't get it. I would stay away. Do not get it. It's not. It's not worth your life. There's just too much unknowns out there of uh, what what it's real. What you know what this thing is. is the side effects. I, we've had firsthand testimony on this podcast of people who have gotten it. People who know people who have gotten it, and it's dangerous. It's just flat out dangerous. And uh, I would not. I would. I would just stay away from it. And at least. At least wait until. Uh, more evidence comes out, um, and then you make your, uh, you know, your decision on what you want to do uh, as far as the vaccination goes. But uh, they, the government should not have any type of authority to uh, mandate or force this upon us. And people say people are going to get sick if you don't get it. That is totally false. That's a lie. It's not. That is untrue. Totally untrue. Um, Let's see here. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, highlight parents tricked by government into vaccine children. All right, here we go. Let's try this one here. This is a good one. I got the vaccine to protect my son. And uh, after March, April, no, now it was safe for teenagers. We got the Pfizer vaccine because I thought it was to protect him. I thought it was the right thing to do. It was like playing Russian roulette. My government lied to me. They said it was safe. Julian Gonzalez took his family to collect candy at Mount Hebron Church when he decided to get his booster shot. The nurse is offering the vaccine, then recommended it for his six-year-old son. So he asked us, you know, our kids' ages, and so we tell them, you know, six and four, and they said, okay, you know, the six-year-old obviously can get it if you'd like to go ahead and do that. They were then handed this Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine consent form, indicating that their son was eligible due to his age, even though the vaccine hadn't been approved yet by the CDC. Going off of their confidence, we had read, we were off the word. One of their neighbors had their seven-year-old vaccinated, too. It wasn't until the next day both families received a call from the Garland Health Department letting them know not only were the two boys not supposed to get the vaccine, but that they had received adult doses three times the recommended amount. They need to quit pushing this on their children. I'm, I lost mine. I need to protect yours. They, they're, they're trying to target the 5 to 12 year olds. We're going to have more deaths in our hands than they planned. The only Russian collusion that occurred in 2016 was between Democratic operatives, rationals, and a British spy to frame Trump as a Russian agent. It was aided and abetted by America's intelligence agencies and the corporate media. According to New Durham indictment, the Steele dossier was even more partisan and corrupt than previously known. We know that Steele worked for the Clinton campaign and DNC. Now we know that not only did Dems fund Steele's dossier, but the dossier used a Democratic operative as a key source. I mean, what more do you need to know? They 
were engaged with foreign intelligence services. They lied openly to the American people and the intelligence agencies. They used those lies to justify spying on presidential campaign and then launch an investigation that sought to root out any sort of you know, devious activity by the Trump campaign. Oh, by the way, they came up completely empty. Don't tell that to the mainstream media anchors. They're still calling Trump a Russian agent. Uh, as far as how the experience has gone, uh, the food is delicious, not so much. Um, but uh, really, it's, it's like a here at the Pinellas County Jail, uh, Pinellas County deputies have been really professional. Um, I can't count on hand the number of deputies that have under their breath or silently uh, given me shows of support, so that's good. Uh, but ultimately, it is jail. I'm being deprived of my life, my liberty, and my property uh, without due process of law simply because uh, the federal government is claiming that I'm worse than bin Laden. I pretty much found it ISIS, and, and I'm a, an a menace and a threat to everyone with an armed reach of me. Again, I am in prison now going on 36 days uh, out due process as an innocent and still proven guilty man. Multiple women being beaten and assaulted with batons that were meant to break windows, not even to be used on human beings, by Capitol Police, by D.C. Metro Police, beaten uh, with consecutive blows to the point where you would think that these people would be dead. One woman did die. And another woman ran into the crowd and was never seen again. She was literally bludgeoned. So there's so much video out there that's described in this motion that this guy wrote because his defense is that his client was in there from January 6th um, being charged with assault from the police officer had said that he was actually sticking up for these other protesters and these women that he saw this police off these police officers beating. And that's the reason why he was trying to fight off these police. That these people don't have power. They only have Fear, mm. intimidation. If they can intimidate you, if they can cause you to be afraid, then they control you. Because anyone that has anger has no power. The power is in those who love who love God with all their heart, soul, and might, along with nothing else. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And if you look at our government today, if you don't do what they want you to do, like be back, uh, take the vaccine or whatever they want you to do, they they threaten to take your job, mm-hmm. they threaten to take your home or they take the gym or something away from you. But if they can't control you with fear or taking something away from you, they have no power at all. And that's how we win this battle, by not being afraid. Speak up, but don't resent and God is with us. We can defeat evil by not being afraid to deal with it. Multiple women being beaten and assaulted with batons that were meant to break windows, not even to be used on human beings, by Capitol Police, by D.C. Metro Police, beaten uh, with consecutive blows to the point where you would think that these people would be dead. One woman did die. They know we are strong, and they know in the end they signed on the God of this world, who is a loser. And that's why it's so important that everybody keep InfoWars in the air now more than ever. Because even if you don't believe in God, the globalists are manifesting and setting up the state And we are opposing the one world government and the mark of the beast they just announced. I am joined now by Kara Castronova. Kara is a well-known and outspoken supporter of President Donald Trump. She is a political activist and founder of the Liberate New York movement. Kara has organized many rallies and protests that have attracted thousands of patriots recently. She's seen domestic terrorism, which isn't really a threat. 
but they're, they're saying it is so that they can pass all this stuff and come out after the rest of us. So that's the scariest part to me. The scary part to me is now when I'm organizing a rally against an unconstitutional mandate in New York, I'm afraid that there's a possibility that I could go to jail for domestic terrorism for organizing a rally to protest the government peacefully. That's what, what is coming out of all of this, and a lot of people don't realize that. Right, and, and that when we saw that, you know, ourselves with the rally, you know, in support of the uh, January 6th prisoners, uh, it must have been uh, a month or so ago, and you saw you saw online on Twitter and stuff, everybody going, hey, don't go, it's a trap, don't go, don't go. I mean, that's exactly what they want, isn't it, for American, for the American people to be scared of peacefully protesting because they're going to be treated like domestic terrorists. It's, it's impossible to overstate how severe this is. It's impossible, right? And it was so scary. I was a speaker at that rally and a co-host at that rally. Nancy Pelosi actually came out. She's so evil to say, do not go to this rally. You're supporting domestic terrorists. So she's basically telling Americans not to go to a rally to support their fellow Americans. You process a peaceful protest. It was peaceful. It was eventless, except that the speakers were really good. And um, after that, I was censored. Tremendously, my Facebook account was disabled. Um, my website got taken down. So there's some sort of, it, it's scary now when you're planning rallies like this that are standing up for freedom. You get put on some sort of censorship list that the government is now putting out there. Um, it's been proven that the government is giving uh, mandates to these social media companies and who they should and shouldn't censor. And um, I was censored off of Facebook, and my website was taken down just for planning a peaceful rally, standing up for people's due process. It's incredible to me where this country is going. It's very scary. Yeah, and you, you make a great point that it's not just the federal government that's involved in this. They wouldn't be able to get away with it if it weren't for the collusion that they enjoy from the mainstream media and big tech as well that's uh, fully willing to go along with their really liberty-destroying policy of uh, treating these people like domestic terrorists. And this is the amazing thing. Before January 6th, you didn't hear the word domestic terrorist just thrown around and, and labeled and, and applied to anybody, but now they're labeling concerned parents domestic terrorists. I mean, how quickly do things devolve when you start using language like this? very quickly, and people like to say, oh, well, it's not me, so it doesn't matter just how they said that in, um, you know, during World War II. Well, you know, I'm, they're not coming after me, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And that's kind of the attitude that people have had with this vaccine mandate. At first, they were coming after businesses and, and then businesses with 100 people and above. And now they're coming after firefighters, police officers, sanitation workers, so many out of jobs here in New York. So now these people are saying to themselves, how did this happen? It's because you let it happen to other people and you didn't stand up for their rights. You didn't come out and support them. You didn't fight the government peacefully when this was happening to other people. And the same goes for these January 6th guys. You might not agree with them politically, but if you don't stand up for their constitutional rights now, you as a parent is going to be called a domestic terrorist next. You as a, someone who doesn't want a vaccination forced on you is going to become a, is going to get come after as a, a domestic terrorist next. As a conservative, as a libertarian, possibly one day as a progressive or a Black Lives Matter activist, you don't know which way the pendulum is going to swing and who they're going to come after next. So if, you, if it's okay for them to come after one American, then you're saying it's okay for them to come after you in the future. I know, and, and this is and this is the crazy part, and it's, it's part, you know, the, the point I, I keep trying to drive home. I mean, when there were Black Lives Matter uh, rioters burning down entire cities uh, in 2020, nobody on our side was saying arrest the peaceful people also, right? We were saying, hey, there's people doing violence out there. You need to arrest them because, you know, we can't have this out of control, you know, chaos destroying our cities. It, 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 like, it never even entered our mind that you would also want to arrest the peaceful people. Well, here we are 
with the peaceful protesters being arrested, it's it's complete, outrageous, egregious overreach. And, uh, you know, what they say about the vaccine is they say, well, just just suck it up and take the vaccine. Say, yeah, just, just submit. So I guess in this case, be, well, just, just suck it up and stop criticizing the government. Just suck it up and stop asking questions, stop protesting, stop enjoying your constitutionally insured rights. Right, but when you suck it up like that, then think about it a year from now. They might not think the vaccine is unsafe now. That's, your, that's I guess, their opinion due to their research, quote-unquote. But what if uh, one day the vaccine kills one of their family members, and all of a sudden, oh, my God, I don't want the vaccine anymore, and it's too late because it's already the norm now. We've already mandated the entire country to get vaccinations. Now you can't turn around, you know? So that's what's so scary about that and those people to me. If you have the vaccine, I don't know why you're worried about it. If you're already... Um, you know, immune to, to the virus um, and why you're trying to force it on other people makes no sense to me. Everybody should be standing up for freedom and, and freedom of choice. And uh, it's, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I see such a correlation between January 6th defendants and um, this whole vaccine mandate because now they're calling people domestic terrorists that are standing up for medical freedom. It's a new terror watch group. You could look it up on, on Department of Homeland Security. They call the medical extremists or some sort of extremist. Extremist is always in the word, and they're calling parents domestic terrorists now, so it's all tied together, and I saw this coming a mile away after January 6th when I saw them locking these guys up for peacefully protesting, most of them peacefully, peacefully protesting. Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, it does. it's like we're jumping from, from topic to topic, but the reality is it's one monolithic push towards despotism, towards tyranny, and away from freedom. I mean, it's all part of the same movement, and whether it's, you know, one strain of control or another, it's all part of the same, or it's all, it's all symptoms of the same sickness, I should say. It's this uh, progressivism, which is really just uh, communism and socialism in disguise. We'll be back with more from Kara Kastronova. Find her at karakastronova.com or on... All right, everybody, Joseph Gibson Podcast, and you understand the times in which we live today. Anybody want to jump in here before we get ready to wrap it up? 657-383-0616. Press 1, and I'll let you on. Let me check the phone boards here. Get the final thoughts. Anybody here to the show, final thoughts to the podcast here. We started at 8 p.m. Let me check the phones here. i got to get over to that screen. Press number 1. If you want to comment, if not, that's fine. Uh, you, you, everybody can stay silent. Uh, stay silence is golden, I guess, right? That's what they say. Stay silent. You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, don't protest. Be careful. Don't come on Joe Gibson's podcast. <laughs> well, anyway, we've still got plenty of guests lined up in the future. So the guests, uh, uh, it's probably best anyway. We get some wild uh, people that call in sometimes, and they got nothing to add. Uh, but nonsense anyway. So, uh, all right. Well, hope everybody enjoyed the podcast here tonight. It was information that you can use. And uh, until the next show, God bless the republic for which it stands, one nation under God. All you ever hear about in this country is our differences. That's all the media and the politicians are ever talking about, the things that separate us, things that make us different from one another. That's the way the ruling class operates in any society. They try to divide the rest of the people. They keep the lower and the middle classes fighting with each other so that they, the rich, can run off with all the fucking money. Fairly simple thing happens to work. You know anything different, that's what they're going to talk about. Race, religion, ethnic and national background, jobs, income, education, social status, sexuality, anything you can do, keep us fighting with each other so that they can keep going to the bank. You know how I describe the economic and social classes in this country? The upper class keeps all of the money, pays none of the taxes. The middle class pays all of the taxes, does all of the work. The poor are there, 
just to scare the shit out of the middle class. Keep them showing up at those jobs. They're all the same. I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. I have this feeling, man, because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. It's not a fuck. I'm not a conspiracy nut. It's provable. Handful, very small elite run and own these corporations, which include the mainstream media. I had this feeling who's ever an elected president, like Clinton was, no matter what the promises you promise on the campaign trail, blah, blah, blah. When you win, you go into this smoky room with the 12 industrialist, capitalist scumfucks who got you in there, and you're in this smoky room, and this little uh, uh, film uh, screen comes down, and a big guy in a cigar rolled the film. And it's a shot of the Kennedy assassination from an angle you've never seen before. <laughs> that looks suspiciously off uh, the grassy knoll. And then the film, the screen goes up and the lights come up and they go to the new president. Any questions? Uh, just what my agenda is. First we bomb Baghdad. You got it. Let's talk to Will in Arizona. Thanks for holding her on the air. First off, I am a Prison TV Planet member. Awesome, brother. Go ahead and into your points, and I'll hold you over if need be. Um, if you really want to have an unbridged idea of what is going on today, look at, uh, it's actually a YouTube video, but it's a, it's a documentary, uh, Adolf Hitler, uh, The Greatest Story Never Told. He actually kicked out a lot of the bankers because they were trying to implode Germany after World War I. And it was the bankers. And when I was watching that, it was five hours long. And I started listening and saying to myself, wait a minute, They're, they are just repeating history. But because we are so dumbed down in the sense of our historical knowledge. Well, I haven't seen the documentary you're talking about, uh, but uh, people can, I guess, check it out for themselves. In the very well-made, excellent and moving documentary called Adolf Hitler, The Greatest Story Never Told. I want you to do something for me as well, and I would really appreciate it. Before you listen to this interview, I want you to watch the documentary. I know you want to listen to this program right away, but if you haven't already seen it, I want you to stop this program right now and go watch the documentary first. And I'm adamant about watching the documentary because one of the biggest hurdles that the majority of people seem to have, they're basically just kind of set in their ways and they argue that they already know everything that they need to know concerning this topic. Well, I can promise you, people, you don't know one-tenth of it. I seriously had a panic attack after I watched that documentary, The Greatest Story Never Told. And for days afterward, I was really shook, shook up. It, was, it had such a profound impact on me, and, and everything started making so much sense, and I felt so... I mean, I've always felt kind of betrayed by, by the powers that be, but I felt more betrayed than ever. Mm -hmm. And I started and I started looking back on my entire life, and yep. looking back at all the movies that I'd seen. I just couldn't believe it. I thought if they could pull off this, then anything is possible. Anything. Yeah. You know, and uh, that one, you know, I would encourage anybody watching this, or listening to this, to, to watch, that hasn't seen that documentary, to watch it. And you can 
go we back with an open mind. Uh, open mind and listen to that interview that you did with um, Dennis Wise recently. But that's most likely what, what got us censored from iTunes, by the way, too, that show. Yeah, well... That uh, shows it, what we're not allowed to talk about. It just, yeah, it's yeah, off limits, you know? That, and that's what, when I was going through that sort of panic attack re- realization, that was it. I thought was the re- that was the big red flag. I was like, oh my God, like, of course, of course we're not being told the truth because we're not allowed to talk about this issue. When you're not allowed to talk about something, then that's, that's like the red flag right there. If it's off yeah. limits, then that's the thing you need to talk about the most. And, to, and the rule to remember is that history is written by the winner. I can promise you, people, you don't know one-tenth of it.